What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. When you have in-depth conversations with your children, you always learn something new. On today's podcast, Joey and I get to sit down and talk with our two daughters, oldest two daughters apiece, to ask them more in-depth questions about the reading of Rich Dad, Poor Dad for Teens. Joey, one takeaway that you had that will be helpful for someone listening to this episode. I'll, I will tell you that your children are all individuals. <laughs> If if I couldn't pull out, each one of them had so many different ways that they looked at things from a different perspective. And it's so it was fresh to me. It was fresh to hear that they all read the same exact thing and then walked away with some things they were excited about that I was like shocked. Why would you be excited about that? And then other things where I thought, man, like, for instance, the field trips. Yeah. Um, hey, which one did y'all want to do? And they were kind of like my girls were kind of like, eh, that's just not really that important to me. I mean, were you interested? Does that hit you that way? No. I, well, the field trip actually thing was pretty interesting. And we went home and had some conversations further about that. And we, my wife actually came up with some really neat ideas. Because here, here's the thing is one of my daughters came home after our podcast and said, hey, dad, when can we institute that whole allowance thing? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, I don't think you listen very no. well. In the podcast, we talked about work to earn or work to learn not to earn. I was like, I, what I want you to do is figure out how, how you can create cash flow for the family. Like if you want to go out and do some research for on this field trip thing and like come back and talk about it on the podcast and we can use that as marketing, then maybe I can pay you for that. <laughs> I love that. And yes, they were probably just listening to my daughters who have had an allowance. I probably should change that right after, after reading this. Now, I, I want to re. I want to go back. You asked me the question. What my biggest takeaway? And I started thinking about it. The biggest thing for me was, and I think I mentioned this in the episode, is that it gave me the opportunity to introduce my daughters to the fact that they have policies. Like I have bought a life insurance policy on each one of my daughters. I've been giving money to it every single month. It's been growing, and now I got to introduce that when we were going over their financial, uh, their financial sheet. And they say, wait a minute, I have all these, I have this asset, this asset. I said, well, you know, you need to put on there your life insurance policy. And they're like, what's that? So just the conversation that came from that was really, really cool. And it was like one of those things that they were like, man, this is like Christmas or something. Well, here's the thing. I think as an adult, you may get mistaken in what is truly an asset and what is not. And when our daughters were able to define clearly what is an asset and those things that you think are assets that don't put money in your pocket. Do you go, but I could sell it for money. And then the realization is, yeah, but when you do, it's no longer yours. So it's not really an asset in relationship to this. I think you will learn something 
hopefully you will be able to have some of these same conversations with your kids. Let's jump into part two of Rich Dad, Poor Dad's Four Teens right now. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. All right, welcome back to part two of our review of Rich Dad, Poor Dad for Teens with our girls. If you missed the first one, go back and listen to it. There's lots of great uh, things that came out of that conversation. Um, and But before we get started, let's kind of go right back around the room and make sure everybody knows who everybody is, just in case you missed the last one. So, um, Zan, why don't you start and we'll go around this way. Okay, I'm Zan Morgan. And age. How old are you? I'm 15. All right. I'm Annie Murray, and I am 14 years old. I'm Lily Kate Murray, and I'm <laughs> 12 years old. I am Kate Morgan, and I am 13. And I am Russ Morgan. <laughs> and the I idea am guy. 43 years old. And wow. learning every single day from these girls. So thank you girls yeah. for coming today. This has been fun just preparing for this this discussion. So we've been reading the book Rich Dad Poor Dad for Teens. If you haven't had a chance to get this and go through it with your teen, I highly encourage it because I reading through it with them have picked up several nuggets. So in this process, Joey, like one of the things obviously you and I uh, want to make sure we emphasize is that we're trying to teach how you think that's right this is not about how the girls can have more money necessarily that's right and and i, I want to make a, a slight kind of uh clarification from the last one sometimes when you start talking about money it can it can get put into the wrong category right like our objective is not for you girls to obtain wealth and things and riches for the purpose of like accumulating things Ultimately, it's a stewardship issue, right? It's it's about how can we be the best steward of what God has given us to use it to his glory for his kingdom. But ultimately, it goes back to how do you think about money and what are some of the strategic ways in which we can use money to obtain those things? Does that make sense? And, and I, again, I listen back over the last one. And there's a lot of talk about what do you want, right? What do you want? What do you want? And I think we know that innocently, those are just things that we're looking for in life, but it all kind of sits in this um, context that we start with, what does God want for our lives? And then how can we use that money um, to meet those objectives for his kingdom's purpose? And ultimately, um, financial freedom falls into that. So anyways, I just want to kind of lead off with that before we jump in. And uh, we're starting in chapter two. We're going to try to see as far as we can get in today's episode, and then we'll have to just pick up hopefully in part three. So, well, if you haven't had a chance to read this book, in chapter two, he starts talking about the the new rules for making money. So, I want to kind of go back to a part where he was he was talking about um, how he and his friend were were trying to make money, literally make money. <laughs> they 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 created 
these little uh, cartons and were pouring lead into them to try to print their own little nickels. They didn't realize <laughs> that counterfeiting uh, was illegal. Somebody probably should share that with our government. But in this kind of how to think about money and, and this process, he, he got you uh, and asked the question, how do, how do the rich think differently about money? So what would be a response, maybe Lily Kate, that something that you took away from how the rich think differently about money than maybe someone else? Well, they want to use assets more. Mm, they want to use assets more. Okay. Annie, what would you say to that? Probably that rich people think of money as an opportunity, something they can use um, to their... Um, their benefit? Like, yeah, to their benefit, kind of just, um, yeah. Okay. So, Suzanne, speaking of opportunities, right, how would you describe an opportunity? If you were sharing this with one of your swim friends, how would you describe a financial opportunity to someone? Like where you see something and you you look at it and you can see that you can like make money, but you don't have to work as much. You know, it's not like you're going to work and like putting in the hours. You're buying something and then letting it work for you. Yeah, I think uh, the, the thing that stuck out to me, Russ, as we went through this was that he kind of surmised at a young age that being rich had to do with creating opportunities, not just accepting that you lived on one side of the street or the other. Cause he talked about that. Like I lived on the side of the, of, of Hawaii that I shouldn't have gone to this school that was like the rich kids. And he said, it's easy for that to be like an excuse for people. Um, but to actually be thinking about how can I create opportunities and it's, it's not surprising that money follows that. Well, and we talk about that a lot on our podcast. We talk about that opportunities find cash. That's right. Right? So it's important to understand how money works because as we're investing in ourselves, then we're able to understand better what an opportunity looks like, right? There are good opportunities and there's bad opportunities. And Zan, you were talking about earlier, Mr. Joey and I's cattle business. That would have been a bad opportunity. <laughs> It's totally passive, though. <laughs> All right. So one of the parts uh, he, he talked about in this chapter, he talked about being a team player. And he wanted you to go through and take a quiz where he asked you a bunch of different questions. So, Kate, I want you to tell me, as you took that quiz, did you learn whether or not you were a team player or on the way to be a team player? Or did you need to do some things to maybe in increase your interpersonal skills? I got a 16 so i was considered a team player a team player and what would a team player what does that mean as it relates to money do you remember um that um working with someone can be fun and doing things with other people is better because like two heads are better than one that's right well think about me and mr joey we've got at least one and a half between us <laughs> right i was waiting on that i was waiting <laughs> Well, well, Lily Kate, when when he was talking about teams and the importance of teams, if you remember, he he started talking about if you were going to be a business owner, aren't you going to be working with other people? Could you see how that would apply if you were team oriented? Yes. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. what is something that maybe uh, you've done with your sisters 
uh, to to do work around the house or something like that where you've seen it have more value as opposed to only doing it by yourself? Put away laundry. Put away laundry, right? Th think about that. You could do that whole job all by yourself, take a lot longer than if you could employ your little sisters to help you do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes... No. Sometimes you end up going and doing it twice with Adler involved. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, this isn't like a um, a Mary Poppins, a, a spoonful of sugar kind of thing. You sing in as you're as you're putting stuff away. No. 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 So uh, one thing I wanted to ask you guys as you went through, he actually had a section about women business owners and investors, and he he mentioned somebody has made more money. Than the Queen of England. Do y'all remember who that was? J.K. J.K. Rowling. So, do y'all know anybody by that name? Like, is Dad, that... it's the author of Harry Potter. I mean, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? What did you think whenever he said that? Kind of believed it with all the movies and merch and stuff. Merch, gotta have the merch. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. wasn't really surprised. You weren't. Anyways, I thought that was pretty cool. It was really cool. I mean, obviously, this is important to know that you can make money, right? We were just watching a movie just the other day, Little Women, and and they were talking about, you know, that that concept. It, it's not, you know, money making is not only in the man's domain, right? And I think it's a beautiful thing for you girls to be learning how this works because money creates independence. It gives you an opportunity to to not only be free from you know working and other things, but being able to, to support yourself. And and I think that's a a thing that we all could uh, value from. So Joey, one of the things that Robert Kiyosaki talked about uh, in this book is that they originally went. He and his his friend Mike went to work for. Mike's dad, and they were working at one of his little um, gas station, little uh, superettes or whatever. Yeah. And and they were stacking cans and dusting cans and putting them away. And he talked about what a boring job this was. And he was getting oh. paid 10 cents an hour to do this job. And he thought that he was going to be learning something. That's right. And he didn't realize this was a Mr. Miyagi moment. Yeah. <laughs> this was a wax on, wax off, and he didn't understand it. So, girls, he got frustrated and he went to his friend's dad's house, Mr. Mike, and he sat in line with all the other employees and people who worked for Mr. Mike. And at the very end, he was the last one to be called up and he was so angry. He walked into the room and what did he tell him? He told him that he didn't like how he's being paid and he thought the job was stupid and that, you know, this is not what he signed up for. He thought he was going to be learning something, but he didn't feel like he was. He was just stacking cans. So he didn't think he was going to be learning something. What, though, was he learning? What What was something after that conversation? It, his dad, uh, Mike's dad, was actually not upset with him that he kind of released all this frustration. He told him something. He told him there was a lesson behind what was happening. What was that lesson? Learning about, like, opportunities for Things like how it's not always going to be easy, maybe. Okay, but there was I think there was something else in there that he was trying to share. What what was that, Annie? It was to work to learn and not to earn. Work to learn and not to earn. That, that's, that's pretty interesting, right? Can you imagine if you were sitting there and you're like, well, wait a second. I, I thought I go to work to make money. 
And he was saying, no, that's not the case. And he gave an analogy of how this donkey could have a carrot, how the owner of the donkey could put a carrot out in front of the, um, the donkey in an effort to try to get the donkey to keep moving as it was plowing a field or something. It was carrying a wagon behind it. And what was, what was that um, image that he was painting there? Like what lesson was that Lily Kate, whenever he was pointing out about the donkey and the carrot? That people are like trying to reach their goal, but they can't. Like they never quite get there. Yeah. Like what kind of goal? What do you mean? Like um, something that they want, like a business or something. I don't know. Well, remember he was talking about things, right? He's talking about like a car. Well, the first car you buy and then you think, oh, well, I need to have a bigger car. So I need or a nicer car or uh, a bigger house or a bigger vacation, fill in the blank. But that money is what what did he what did he call money it's an it's a what illusion an illusion right and working for money is a never-ending cycle that we we have to figure out a way to break um so anyways i I thought that was pretty insightful what about you russ no totally I, i think that we we can get in the habit of constantly going to work for things and as he talked about in the book that, and we all can recognize this, oh. we've seen it in our lives where, you know, we initially lived in a, you know, one bedroom apartment and then we expanded to a two bedroom apartment. And then we got the three bedroom house and then we got the four bedroom house <laughs> and we got the five bedroom house and the apartment over the garage. I mean, you, you, you start expanding, right? The things that you have start growing as your income grows. And what he says is that you think you're going to get closer to somewhere. He was trying to say and and explain to us that money is is not the solution to the problem, right? By working for money, he couldn't see what the real problem was. So his his poor dad came up with a better solution. And now initially it may have taken us by surprise the uh, not the poor dad, the rich dad told him, okay, I'm glad that you realized that stacking cans and dusting cans inside the gas station is not what you want to do for a living. That's awesome. But you're going to keep doing that, but I'm no longer going to pay you. <laughs> okay. First of all, when you read that, Zan, what was the first thing that came to your mind when you read that for the first time? Um, That's definitely not how he wanted it to go. <laughs> Like, he probably was like, oh, great. Yeah, this just blew up in my face. Yeah. Like, wish I would not have talked to him. Like, <laughs> I could at least have my 10 cents, right. right? So, but what what was interesting is what came after that, right? So once he went back to work, first of all, the fact that he went back to work and he knew he wasn't going to get paid was pretty cool. So, Kate, what would you say whenever he went back to work, what happened after that that was significant? when he wasn't getting paid at, at that point? Um, he saw the books, the comic books that were being thrown away. And so he asked if he could have them. And they said, yes, but you could have them, but you can't leave the store with them, I think what they said. And you can't s- sell them. 
but you have and you also have to keep the job so they kept the job but created this library out of the comic books that people came in read the books and then paid the money to do that and they didn't even have to do any work so do you think he would have found and seen that opportunity if he was getting paid is it possibly possible that that would have just gone right underneath his nose yes because he was probably like looking for another opportunity like um thinking he wanted to get paid for something so when he's he was looking for opportunities he probably saw the comic books and probably saw them in a whole different light than he might have well think about this as it relates to school how many times it's okay this is a safe space how many times <laughs> have you ever been doing your schoolwork and all of a sudden your brain kind of drift away and start thinking of something else every single day and, right <laughs> and and so sometimes those opportunities arise in those moments, right? When you're when you're when you're doing a repetitive task. One of the things that he said, I don't want to tie this to schoolwork because we probably need to focus on schoolwork. <laughs> but there's probably some chores around the house that we do, whether it's washing dishes, folding laundry, making our bed. That's a really repetitive task that we can do, and it doesn't require a whole lot of mental energy. That's right. And what he said is that when we were doing those repetitive tasks, that we can use that time to think of opportunities. So as he was stacking cans and dusting cans off, it it didn't require any mental energy. But what it did, it, it gave an opportunity for him to see the world in a different light. Well, and I was just, I'll just say this, Russ, after uh, I was meeting with a client this morning, and uh, with Ernie, we were talking through this. It's like what our brains need is to be forced to be creative when it comes to finance. And this goes back to the concept he, he mentioned earlier in the book about taking responsibility for money. It, this is one, another step in that process is like when I'm not working for money, like I'm not being paid for whatever it is that I'm doing, it forces me to think creatively about how to make opportunities, right? That's what we talk about. What do rich do? The rich do, they create opportunities. And it's because they know that they don't want to give any more of their time, but they want to create income. So how do you do it? And it forces you to get out of that, um, that mindset of just working for money. Okay. So I'm going to put my girls on the spot here. This, <laughs> so go ahead and pull the, pull the microphones up to you. All right, so uh, a couple weeks ago, we had a Christmas party at our house, and I gave you two girls an assignment. I said, all right, here's $60. Um, I want the house cleaned, and I don't care who does it and how much of the time it takes, but here's $60. You guys figure out how to do it, right? And so I want let's talk through that example. What what happened in there? Who did the job? Um, I did the job. You did the I, job. She did the downstairs for. She had forty dollars, and I did the upstairs for twenty. Okay. Well, how did you guys decide on the split of those dollars? Um, the downstairs is more to clean, so okay. I did it because. That's my area. I'm the cleaner. Yeah. And so then I got the more money. <laughs> All right. So, Kate, afterwards, though, 
afterwards, afterwards, we talked about this and we said, okay, well, let's kind of reflect on what other ways you could have done the cleaning and what were some of those options outside of just you and Alexandria doing it. We could have used some of the money to pay our younger siblings. Oh, okay. Now, that there's problems with that, though, because if you pay a younger sibling, they may not do the job well, right? Now, but if they also do the job, then that's a way for you not to have to do it and still get paid, right? So one of the things I, I want to bring up in this, and it was a small lesson, and by the way, I would have failed it too, is we we cannot be the only one working for money. If we're the only one working, there's a limit to the amount of time that we can do a job. So the further we can spread out, the better. So I want to kind of like, as we go into creating money, he says there's three types of money. The first type, and we're just going to use this example of cleaning the house, the first type is earned income, right? But the second type of money, Lily Kate, would be what? What's another type of income? Passive income. Passive income. So in that example, that would have been where if you guys would have hired out the whole job, Kate and Alexander, to your, your younger siblings, then they working for you, that money would have been passive in nature because you didn't have to actively work for it. The third type of in, uh, income, Annie, is what? Portfolio income. Portfolio income, right? That'd be like if you invested into a company who uh, did cleaning and it produced an income for you. That's right. Right? Are you looking for ways to implement ideas Get exposure to new ones and be surrounded by people on the same journey as you. Joey, where can they go to do that? Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash community. You can join for free today. All right. So we, we talk about this in, in light of cash flow because it's important for us to see how do we create money. And he says there in order for us to understand money, there's two types of things that go on a financial statement. What are those two things, Alexandria? Do you remember? Assets and liabilities. Assets and liabilities. And what's the difference between those two? Um, assets put money in your pocket and liabilities take them out of your pocket. Okay. So give me an example of a liability, Annie. <laughs> a liability would be a house or a car or a lamp. <laughs> A lamp. Okay, explain the lamp to me. The lamp is using energy and you get you have to pay money for your electricity bill. Okay. So if you looked in your room and you saw all of these wonderful things, um, would he say all of those things are assets or liabilities or maybe neither? Mm, neither. Well, actually, I have light fixtures and in my room. But other than that, everything's a doodad. A doodad. Okay. So that's a new word. What is a doodad, Lily Kate? It's something that can be for decoration. It won't like help you make money. Okay. So it's just money that's being spent. All right. And so one of the things he said is that an asset is something that puts money in our pocket. So sometimes people will look at cars as an asset, right? Well, what if I sold the car or I have this painting on the wall? What if I sold the painting on the wall? He said, no, 
Yes, it could bring in money, but it would only bring in money once and then it would no longer be in your column. So that could no longer be an asset, correct? So give me an example of an asset. An asset is something that helps you get money. Okay, right? so can you think like, of an idea? Like a restaurant? Okay, so if you kind owned of. a restaurant and, and others worked in the restaurant and brought in money for you, that could be a, an idea. Kate, do you have any ideas of what a um, an asset could look like? Um, maybe a, a house, like a rental house. A rental house? Like what y'all have. Yeah, so you could have a rental house. You could even have the rental house to be turned into a short-term rental, right, where people are renting it through Airbnb and VRBO. That's right. Zan, you have any thoughts on that? I know you've been going through the training on short-term rental mastermind. Yeah, I mean, just come to me with all your questions. I can, <laughs> I can hook you up. The expert over here. Yes. I love that. Well, so when you when you think of that, um, girls, he, he's covering a lot of different things, but he showed a diagram of, of how your financial statements can work. So, Annie, I think you you actually took the time to fill out a financial statement. Just what were some takeaways that you had from doing this, and and what were some of those items you put on your own personal financial statement? So, um, for my financial statement, I had an income statement and a balance sheet. So, my balance sheet was of all my assets and my liabilities and it recorded the balance between how many assets I have versus how many liabilities I have. I have more assets, which was really great. Yeah. And <laughs> the income statement is um um like something that shows me all of my income, all the money coming into um uh, coming to me and then all of the expenses which is all of my money going out. And I have, unfortunately, more expenses going out, but uh, mm. that that's okay because I have um, an in, I have a job that has income trickling in, so it's still it, it's it. I have a nice financial statement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Joey sounds like it's strong to quite strong over there. Oh, so strong. What, but that, hold on now. What was one of the cool things I was telling Russ that came out of our conversation when we were talking about this chapter was the fact that you guys didn't even realize that I had started life insurance policies on you and that that is, is an asset that you will own for the rest of your lives that you'll be able to use to purchase different things, um, to start businesses potentially. And that's how you can start to think about using that money for, to, you know, to create opportunities. Mm -hmm. So what was your thought, Lily Kate, whenever you heard I had bought a life insurance policy for you? Um, <laughs> I didn't really know exactly what a life insurance policy was. And then when you explained it, I was kind of like, I'm getting money. And it's for free. <laughs> like jackpot. So, so repeat back. I would love to understand. I've been trying to uh, see how your dad explains this. So I would love to have you explain it to me. Like, what is it that you took away from what your dad explained? Like, share it in your, in your words. He gives me free money, like, every month. He puts money in there every month? Okay. Yep. 
And what does that do? What's happening in there? It's um, building up. Okay. Yeah. And can you use it for things in the future? Um. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he's over Sorry. here saying yes. What? Well, what? What did you take away then? Obviously, the, this was all new information, and it's okay. Your dad's not that great of an um, explainer on this. So just, hey, I'm, I'm way behind, is what I realized. Okay, he did way really behind. well. He did really well, actually. At first, I was like, insurance policy, cool. Yeah. But I only thought that was like for old people. <laughs> um, but I knew you like y'all, y'all like help people with those. So I was like, this is, could be cool. Let me find out what this is. Yeah. So apparently, Dad puts money into my insurance policy every month. Uh-huh. And it builds up, and I, yes, that's what you said. But um, <laughs> I can ask the insurance people. I don't know the real word, but I can ask them. Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I can I can ask them. I want to take out this much money from my insurance policy, so they give me a loan, so I have that money and I can spend it on whatever I want. But I have to pay it back to them. Okay. But it's not like a bank account where I, where it just stops. My insurance policy keeps growing every month. Well, so that was great. I, I pre- thank you. That was that was better than your dad did uh, ever. <laughs> um, you must have read up or listened to one of my thank podcasts. Um, <laughs> one of your solo episodes. Yeah. Thanks, Russ. Okay. So now, in light of knowing that, in light of knowing that you have money in these life insurance policies, there could be some pressure on what to use them for, right? Because you just learned, you said you could spend it on whatever you want. So would you want to go spend those dollars on doodads? No, I would rather save it up for like a car or something. Okay. So would a how, what would a car be though? I mean... It's a liability, but it's oh, more than it's, like candy or something, you know? So it's better than candy. It, candy's consumed all at once and worthless, um, and, but it actually becomes a liability, I guess, because then you go and see a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get cavities, and then you scream with horror. That's right. <laughs> uh, but you buy a car, and it's a liability. Liability meaning that it's going to take money out of your pocket. Even if, it does, even if you pay cash for it, you have the loan repayment back to the insurance company. You have the gas. You have the the insurance. the insurance on it, right? So when you were reading through this chapter, Kate, did you like come to the conclusion that man, there's a lot of money that comes in, but there's a lot of expenses out there? Um, yeah, kind of like. Does it well, give I you really... Does it give you any perspective into the amount of money that mom and dads um, bring in and 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 spend for us to live on a on a monthly basis kind of i had never really thought about it before but it kind of's like oh okay <laughs> like all the stuff that i started thinking about y'all paying for but yeah like i cost a lot of money <laughs> zan what were some of your thoughts from from that chapter it's just i don't understand why we have to pay it back why don't we just get our money and then it keeps on growing, but it doesn't. Like we have to pay them back. Are you talking about the life insurance? It like yeah. the life insurance policy? Well, we had done a recent episode on buying your car and taking a loan against the insurance policy, which we did. 
in, yeah. in order to buy your car. But then if we don't put it back, will there be money there for the next car purchase? No, but it will keep on growing. It will keep on growing, but we won't have access to the money that was in there, right? Right. So here, here's a here's a key thing. What is it that we need to do with our cash? Buy more liabilities or buy more assets? Assets is the right answer. Okay. So here, here the part that's hard, and this you're learning this at such a young age. I love this. Yep. Is that when we're we're talking about what to do with money? It's hard because do we need cars? Yes. 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 Do we need phones? Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> Sip it, Andy. <laughs> do we need houses? Yes. Yes. Okay. Do we need clothes? Yes. 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 Uh, yes. Uh, so there, there's lots of things in there. And by the way, sometimes the line between need and want gets blurred. Mm. But these are all items. That, they're good. It's okay for us to, to have some of these things, but not necessarily desire them, right? But what is it that we should use to pay for them? What type of income? There was three types of income. Which type of income would be a bad use to buy these types of liabilities? Annie? Ordinary earned income. Okay. Why do you say that? Because you're working and... Um, I guess because like you're working to get the money, so then you can fulfill that desire or the the want that you had. Well, in other words, what would be a smarter way to pay for those liabilities? What would what, passive income? Okay, why? Because you can take the money that your business is generating for you, even while you're not there, and use it without being like with the illusion. Well, Suzanne, when we were doing that video on how you were buying your car using short-term rental and infinite banking, we actually shared that, right? Wouldn't you rather have someone else staying in one of our, our rental units and, and making the payment back to the insurance company on your behalf? Or would you rather have to go to work to replace that money? I definitely don't want to have to go to work. <laughs> Let's just be clear on that. <laughs> well, so that there's the thing is that if we can create enough assets that bring income to us, then now those assets can pay for the things that we want. And if we will keep that ratio in line, then we can we can grow the items that we buy. All we have to do is buy more assets to create more in passive income. Do you see that as an opportunity? Mm -hmm. So uh, the last chapter that we talked about in this part two of the book had to do with playing games. Like, first of all, when he, when you first saw that the chapter name was playing games, what were you like, wait a minute, is this the same book that I've been reading about assets and liabilities and all that? Like what, what was your first thought Lily Kate when you read that? How fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, why why did he say that, um, you know, playing games is a good way to learn financial uh, ideas? Strategy. Learning strategy. What about you, Lily Kate? Like uh, Monopoly. You can, like, learn how you need to process. I don't know. Like, um, 
it's like life kind of. Yeah. yeah, there's some life lessons in there, right? Mm-hmm. What about you, Annie? Um, what kind of things can you learn from playing a game as far as learning financial aspects? You can learn. Well, I don't, I don't really know. Maybe just like b- besides financial concepts. No, like to what learn lessons? financial concepts oh, and lessons. To learn. Okay. Um, I can learn how to buy real estate and how it can um, make more money for me if I invest in it. So, so Zan, when we're playing Monopoly together, what other things are happening on the game? What What are you having to, to do when playing that game? What are some things? Mm, you have to think ahead. Yeah. So, like, if I buy this property now, then I turn the corner and I have all those properties that I'm going to have to pay expenses on. So turning the corner could be that I have expenses ahead of me, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. If I spend this money right now, I may have things that are going to happen that I'm going to need money for, right? Right. But also it's the when you see other players coming toward your board spaces, do you make decisions to buy houses on it? Yeah. They're scheming. <laughs> What what about when you need when you have properties and Kate has properties? What starts to happen? And if you have uh, two yellows and she has one yellow, and you have two reds and she has one red, what what are what other sort of things are learned in that process, Kate? Um, if someone like opportunities, like if Dan has something I want and I have something she wants, then we could bargain. Okay, so that's negotiation, right? That's you, right. You start learning negotiation skills at a very early age. So just as he's talking about Monopoly, so Annie, when you read this, did you start thinking about, I mean, we've played Monopoly for years. Oh. Usually it's around holidays and we have more time with the family. Did you think about that game differently after you read this chapter? A hundred percent. Like how? Like before I read the chapter? I would think of Monopoly as a game where everyone's sitting around the table and y'all are all trying to beat each other for the trophy and I'm sitting there just paying all my money to y'all and then I get out first. Just getting drained. Yeah, I just get drained really fast in Monopoly. <laughs> um, but now I think of it as like, now I know how it all like works. Like it's real estate and I'm trying to make sure I get y'all out and I save my money for my future expenses and like, kind of planning but also like taking risks yeah for assets assets well and, I, and lily kate when we used to play cash flow for kids do you remember that game with the little red dots and the green dots or the the for the different cash flows like does now does that game make more sense because we've read this chapter yes i was always thinking to try to beat dad try to beat dad <laughs> Well, you, you but, very often did, yes. by the way. So uh, we need to bring that game back out. Well, so mm-hmm. all, all of these games, what he's trying to do is create strategy in our head, help us think through how the game of life can actually be played if we will be aware, right? Going back to the adage, don't pay to to work, right? We're not trying work to, to work earn. to earn. We want to Work to learn. Work 
to learn. That's so so good. All right. So one last thing here as we as we end, um, he he also gave you um, an assignment, and I don't think yet we've done that. So this no, is the next haven't. part we need to do, and this is kind of a call to action for you. Is if you're at home, one of the things he said was you need to as kids go on some field trips. And a lot of the field trips that you've probably been on have been maybe to the beach. Maybe it's been uh, to up in Boston where we walked the Freedom Trail. You've gone to maybe the Frito-Lay factory. Um, maybe you've even been to Sweet Frog or somewhere like that. But he gave <laughs> a different type of field trip. So really quickly, out of the list of items that he gave as potential field trip places, I would love to know which one of those that you guys want to do next. All right. Do you guys remember what list he's talking about? I'll, mm -hmm. I'll run, I'll give the rundown real quick and you guys pick. So you can ask your parents to sit with them while they pay their bills. You can ask us to sit with us to look at our financial statement or to create one with us. You could create a grocery budget and menu plan for the week and, and actually do the shopping. Uh, you, if we, one of us is buying a car or a major household appliance, you could go with us to ask, us questions about how we came up with the decision and um, if we decide to pay cash or finance the purchase, you can ask us about that. Another one, well, I'm not going to tell you that one. That, he said your parents take you to a stock brokerage firm. You know that that would be like... That would be a criminal offense. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't do that. Um, you could go to McDonald's and you could carefully think about all the different financial players in that business. How we we don't do income. that one either. Yeah, we're going... We'll just we'll put, Chick -fil -A. We'll put Chick-fil-A in there. Um <laughs> And then you could also go to an apartment building and do the math. Look at the number of mailboxes, count how many apartments there are in the building, and then estimate how much average rent each tenant pays per month. And you can start to do the math on how much money that owner makes. All right. So, so Kate, which one of those? Tell me which one of the field trips do you want to do? And then we need to make sure we schedule that. Um, I think the most exciting one to me sounds like the... Um, if y'all are going to buy a household appliance, then go with you and ask you if you're using cash or finance. Okay. Finance. Well, we're in the process of building a house, so there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity. That will happen this year for you to do that. How about you, Lily Kate? I was kind of interested uh, to create a grocery budget and menu plan for your family for one week. And do the grocery shopping for them. Oh, I bet your mom would love that. That would be no awesome. No doubt. All right. It feels really powerful when she's doing the shopping. Okay. All right. Andy, <laughs> what, do, what's I your do. field trip of choice? Probably to make a financial statement. Because that was like really fun for me to do it. So mm -hmm. it would be way like cooler to do my parents. That would be awesome. A lot more moving parts there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and Zan, which one would you uh, like to do? want to go to McDonald's. You want to go to McDonald's? <laughs> we said Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Chick-fil-A then. Well, but that, that's still cool, though. I mean, I think what he's trying to say is that if you were to go in a place like that, you can be aware of all the places and all the ways in which they're trying to generate money and also all the things that are costing money. Right? And get free food. Well, not free, but like food. Oh. <laughs> yeah you get paid for your assignment yeah. in, in, the, in the form of food yeah all right well if you go to mcdonald's you pay for it by the way multiple times <laughs> that's the gift that keeps on giving all year long all right well thank you so much as you listen to our girls share just their viewpoint on part two 
of Rich Dad and Poor, uh, Poor Dad for Teens. And we're going to come back one last time. We're going to hit part three of the book. And I hope you'll come and join us for that. And I hope maybe you'll share uh, your comments, not only on the YouTube page, but if you're not also a part of our community, go to westwhitewallstreet.com forward slash community. Go in there, be a part of the journey, and share your comments and share pictures with you and your kids, either playing uh, financial games or having these conversations. And if one of your kids uh, takes you up on one of these field trips, we'd love to hear about it. So thank you, as always, for listening and have an amazing day. Bye. Bye. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.